Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the European Student Think Tank podcast. My name is Victoria. And this is Angeliki. Today, we're joined by Apurva Ayer, one of our writers, to talk about the current migration crisis on the Belarus border. Welcome, Apurva. Hello, everyone. So, tell us a little more about yourself and this topic. So, I am a political science graduate from Delhi University and right now I am interning with the Center for Land Warfare Studies and I am also interning with Liebeck International. Now, what we need to know about the crisis on the Belarusian border is that it has recently escalated from tensions and migration inflows that have been building up since July 2021. Now, according to estimates, around 20,000 people have reached Belarus by mid-November and they are mostly from conflict-toned countries and with the hope to reach the European Union, especially Germany, through Poland. Now, things, however, have not worked as they had imagined. This new crafted migration crisis has led to the Polish authorities closing the Kuznika border crossing on 9th November to prevent the migrants from entering the country. For over a month, they were living either in the open, in freezing temperature, or they were living in makeshift tents. And as a result, several people have died. All of this comes at a time where the 2000 migration crisis is still a fresh and a painful issue for the European Union member states. Hundreds of thousands of migrants had gathered along with its peripheral nations like Spain, Greece and Italy or amassed along the borders with neighbours, especially in Turkey. Over a million migrants were eventually allowed into the bloc and now a similar situation is arising. So let's observe this from a geopolitical point of view. More specifically, considering the actors involved, what is the buildup that led the situation to reach this point? Now, from one point of the view, the Belarusian president Alexander Lukashenko could be blamed for the current crisis. And that is simply because it seemed like migrants might have been encouraged by the government to fly to the capital, Minsk, by increasing the number of flights from the Middle East and providing people with travel packages that included visa. Once landed in Belarus, the migrants were transported by the Belarusian authorities to the border to enter the European Union. In fact, they were even encouraged to clash with the Polish authorities by throwing stones, bricks, and tree branches and cutting the fences at the border. However, all the charges pertaining to encouraging the migrants to create chaos have been denied by the regime. And this is not the first case of trouble between the European Union and Lukashenko, who has been ruling the country since 1994. Lukashenko won the presidential elections for the sixth time in August 2020, with many critics agreeing on their non-democratic nature. Soon after the election, he suppressed anti-government demonstrations while at the same time arresting 
dissidents among many other human rights violations. And then in May 2021, Belarus forced a plane from a European company that was traveling between European capitals to land in the Belarusian capital of Minsk. The authorities then arrested journalist Roman Protasevich, former editor-in-chief of the Telegram channel Next and the chief editor of the Telegram channel Belarus of the Brain. Keep that in mind that these are both opposition media channels that speak quite critically of Lukashenko. This resulted in an European Union decry of the violation of privacy and several new sanctions were imposed on Belarus. Given the reaction and the broader context, it is definitely in Belarus' interest to somehow normalize relations with the EU to relieve pressure on itself. But what are the practical outcomes that Lukashenko hopes to achieve by creating this crisis? By fighting back the sanctions and the criticism heard by the West, Lukashenko is, as many believe, trying to corner the European Union and force its leaders to engage with the country and provide some concessions regarding the sanctions. In a way, is also trying to reposition the European Union's attention on the crisis knocking on its door rather than concentrating on his regime's human rights violations within the border. The country is significantly targeted by sanctions as several economic activities have been restricted resulting in a possibility of an economic collapse. In fact, even a 3 billion euro investment package meant to assess the economy has been frozen. So the sanctions were first started to be implemented post the elections in August 2020 as they were claimed to be rigged by President Lukashenko. Now the ultimate goal that President Lukashenko hopes to achieve by creating this crisis is the overall recognition of the election victory by the European Union and the disregard of the human rights violations committed by the regime. This weaponization of migrants by Lukashenko has been considered to be a part of hybrid warfare used by the Belarusian regime. But what does this exactly entail and how is it being used in the case of Belarus? Hybrid warfare is a term that has been repeatedly used by several leaders while blaming Belarus for the current crisis. As a part of hybrid warfare, state and non-state actors are increasingly using lawfare as effective non-military means. In this case, the Belarus has demonstrated human rights issues and can also be used as a tool for lawfare. To explain it better, Let's look at the facts on the ground. Although Belarus is not a party to the European Convention of Human Rights, other European countries sharing borders with Belarus such as Latvia, Lithuania and Poland are bound by this law. While Belarus violates human rights and international law by not treating the migrants properly, it would not be held accountable whereas Latvia Lithuania and Poland would be held accountable for the same. There isn't much room for them to take a strong stance against the crisis. Essentially, by putting the European Union between a 
hard place and a rock, Belarus has been effective in using lawfare. Lukashenko will eventually use these cases to refocus the abuse carried out by his regime to the migrant issues at the border, and these actions will have political and perhaps economic impact. There's another destabilizing factor in the neighborhood that works in close alliance with Belarus and is of strategic importance for both the outcome of the situation and the EU as a whole, and that is Russia. How is Russia involved in this case? Now, unlike the entire world blaming Belarus for the alleged migration crisis, Russia has silently supported the country despite Germany's urge to send a clear message to Belarus regarding the weaponization of the migrants. Now, Russia, however, has not shown any urgency currently to scale back on the number of incoming flights from the Middle East and Minsk to restrict the migrant arrival and thus has helped ease the situation. On top of that, there has been an increase in military presence along the Belarusian border and close to Ukraine, specifically paratroop drills involving the Russian Belarus. Although these raise security concerns, Russia and Belarus have rebugged all such claims and have insisted that the drills are defensive. Now, Russia's indirect involvement in this crisis is of utmost importance for NATO because it is almost the only land route that connects Western Europe and the Baltic states. So, in case of military confrontation in the region, due to the current geopolitical scenario, the Russian military will definitely have an advantage. Russia will have the leverage to cut the land route access to these Baltic states from the rest of Europe. In the past few years, Russia's strategic compass has raised concerns regionally, especially since the annexation of Crimea and the support of the separatists in eastern Ukraine in 2014. Given the recent developments, it is evident that the regional geopolitics are fluid and that the European Union remains on standby when it comes to its eastern neighbors. Surely, Since the dissolution of the USSR, the relationship between Russia and NATO has been contentious. Especially with military involvement, it could change Europe's geopolitical connections. Overall, what could the future hold for the situation? Do you think there is any way that this could be resolved anytime soon? There are several developments currently taking place. President Lukashenko has threatened to cut off the supply of flow of Russian gas to Europe, threatening the already tight European supplies. In fact, some flows on the Yamal Europe pipeline were reversed. But since those supplies are under Russia's jurisdictions and Putin has immediately responded, denying the circumstance could actually become reality. Nonetheless, this shows that he is ready to go to any extreme measure to put the European Union in a difficult situation. And it must be added that all of this is being done at the cost of his own country's economy, as it is eventually attracting more sanctions from the West. Lukashenko has also taken further risk-bearing decisions, such as restrictions on European and UK airlines 
as well as a ban on imports from western countries that have introduced sanctions despite lukashenko stating the country's economic endurance the future of belarus is definitely at risk however applying to the logic of nearshoring belarusians can be seen as one of the key ways to ensure resilience of supplies for example some of the ingredients found in the sputnik 5 vaccine are sourced from belarus a network of trusted partners is needed so free belarus would have a lot to offer on a positive note there have been reports of a reduction at the border as a lot of migrants signed for the reparation flight from iraq and several encampments at the border have been removed after about 1000 people were provided proper shelter germany has taken action to try and resolve the situation with angela merkel acting as a mediator and trying to find a diplomatic way to resolve the situation thus while the european union is busy balancing its humanitarian values and the migrant crisis the situation is far from ending soon this deepened geopolitical crisis with the migrants being used as a means is furthering the interest of the nation state institutions Thank you very much Apurva for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me here. This is all for today's episode. If you want to see more of our content, check out the EST website. Yes, thank you for listening. To let us know about something you would like to hear on this podcast, drop us an email at podcast@esthinktank.com. At See you next week.